if you're taking notes, for this reason I have come. And, you know, for what reason? The reason that Jesus came is so important. And before I begin unpackaging these thoughts, I want to ask you what I would say is a profound question. And each one of us need to answer this for ourselves personally. What is Easter all about? You know, I, I, we could say, just quickly nip the children, we could say it's all about Easter chicks, Easter bunnies, Easter eggs. Oh. We could say it's a great day to have two bank holidays, Easter Friday, Easter Monday. There's a lot of, the world could give us a lot of reasons. But what is your reason? What is Easter all about for you? And I think it just is, is worthy of a sila moment, as the Bible would call it in, in the Psalms, a moment to pause to consider. Because Easter shouldn't just come round once a year for the believer. This isn't a one-time, one-only event. We should remember the moment we wake up in the morning, we thank God for the life that he's given us and the spiritual journey that we're on. So the reason what did Jesus or what is Easter all about? That question is so important because it determines between life and death. It is the most important question that we could ever ask ourselves and then give an answer to. See, I could stand up here this morning and I could give you what I think Easter is all about. I could give you the reasons why I feel Easter is so important. But I won't necessarily be able to convince you or inspire you to walk with Jesus. I may not necessarily give you some deep spiritual revelation that is going to transform your life. I may not be able to, if you like, dig into the depths of your subconscious mind or your preconceived ideas. So this morning what I want to do is I want to let Jesus speak for himself. There's no one better who's going to convince you of the reasons of Easter or Resurrection Sunday or the, the power of what took place over this weekend than Jesus himself. Jesus didn't come to be a good example of moral life. But when you live for Jesus, it should cause that to be an outworking of our life. Jesus didn't come to change social injustice or to bring world peace. We know that the world, as this world begins to wrap up, there are going to be more wars and rumors of wars and famines and everything else. He didn't just come to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and clothe the naked, but they are things that he did. He came on purpose and he came for a purpose. And it's those things that I believe we would hear better coming from Jesus than you will do from me. Because Easter isn't a one-time moment that happened 2,000 years ago. Every time we worship him, every time we read his word, every time we allow the word of God to come into our heart, it is the resurrection story, it's the life that he came to give that impacts and helps us in our journey. Easter is God's invitation for us to receive him. In fact, it's not just Easter as in the celebration of this weekend. 
It's the cross. It's the cross which is the invitation. Will you receive me? Will you open up your heart to me? Because when we do, when we open up our heart to him, he empowers us to walk a different life. Just think for a moment of what your old life used to be before you knew Jesus, before you had an encounter with him. What was your life like? And now look at your life and what he's done in the journey moving forward. A life that's been transformed. A life of freedom. A life of forgiveness. A life of abundance and restoration. A life of faith and purpose. Empowered and directed by the Holy Spirit. This is what the life of God in us can do for us as we live our life for him. So my first thought this morning is this. Jesus came to give life as a ransom for many. Listen to this in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. It says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. I think we've got so much we could learn from just that. And to give his life as a ransom for many. I, I, I did a quick check online this morning of you know, this word ransom um, and who's been ransomed re- recently and how much they were ransomed for. Um, I think the most expensive ransom note that was requested was for the, was it the Dubai? Might have been the Dubai royal family and that was for a billion dollars. Um, some member of the family had been captured and it was a billion dollar ransom. But you know what? And if you don't know this, <laughs> this is really important. To God, your life is worth more than a billion dollars. Carlos, it's great to have you in the house. Your life is worth more than a billion dollars. Francis, it's great to see you here this morning. Your life is worth more than a billion dollars. Every one of us in this room, what does the Bible say? That God so loved the world that he gave his son as a ransom. He was our ransom. The only son of God. Of the most royal of all royal families, he gave up his life for us. It's shocking. It's bewildering. And yet it's the most beautiful story and a live and true event that could ever be. He became our ransom. It wasn't a case of finance. If you're a parent here and you've got children, it's like giving up one of your children so that you can ransom somebody else. That's what God did for you. For you, Hannah. He did that for you. I think it's the most beautiful story that can ever be told. That my God in heaven, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the power of the universe, said, here's my son, because you, Kerwin, are worthy of that exchange. I just think that's amazing. Listen, listen to that scripture again. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many The passage reveals the heart of Jesus for every one of us. 
He came to give his life for us. He was born into the world so that he could die for the world. It's incredible as you look through this. Galatians says this in Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Guillaume, he said, here's my son. He's going to come into the world so that you would be adopted into his family. If you've ever been, if there's anybody adopted in this room, the beauty of adoption is that you were chosen. All the rest of us, we we didn't have a choice. We just ended up with the parents we got. But for everybody else, anybody that was adopted in this room, you were chosen. You were selected among others as being the one that is wanted in that family. That's exactly what God has done for you. Carl, he's done that for you. He's looked upon all these others and said, Carl, I want to adopt you in my family. Alison, he did that for you. He said, you're my precious daughter. I want you in my family. And there's something beautiful in that situation. Jesus, he stood in our place. He paid our debt. Remember the wages? The wages of sin was death. But the gift of God is eternal life. He paid our price because he became our sin. Now, everyone in this room, you can think what happened this week. You may have broken the speed limit. You may have said a bad word. You may have taken biscuits from the biscuit tin. And I'm talking about the adults, not the children. Uh, you, know, you, 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 can, you know the, the scale of the sin and the, the wrong that we may have done this week. But the wages of sin, it doesn't matter if it's a tiny one or a big one, we were powerless to pay the price. In steps Jesus. He looks at the judge, which is the father, and says... They are, the the penalty for their life is death. But I'll take it for them. Melanie, he stepped into your world and he paid the price for you. I tell you what, it it breaks my heart because I know the wrongs that I've done in my life. And he became my sin. I know the things that I've made mistakes in. And he took my sin. On himself. The wrongs that you've done, the things that you've done, he took that on himself and said, I'll take away the sin of the world. I'll take away that sin from your life so that you can have the life that I offer to each one of us. He stood in our place, he paid our debt, he redeemed us, and the ransom price. That you and I, were, it was impossible to pay. My second thought is this. See, Jesus, he was the ransom. He paid the ransom price. Second thought is this. Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. In Luke 5, verse 31, it says this. Jesus answered and said to them, 
Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus didn't walk around the earth saying, oh, I like all these religious people. All these religious people are just wonderful. He said, show me the sick. Bring me to the sinners. Oh, the, the religious kept on having a go at him. Oh, you're, 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 you're whining and dining with the, the sinners and the, and the publicans and the this and the other. The religious people pointed fingers at Jesus because he was with the, the, the lowlifes and the, the ruffians and, and those that didn't believe. But you know what? That's where Jesus was most comfortable. He was most comfortable rubbing shoulders with a Marius. Not saying that you're a publican or anything like that, but with a Marius. I should have picked on my own family at that moment. Or a Lyndon. Or a Phil. He felt comfortable rubbing shoulders with ordinary people. Those who were sick. Those who weren't able to help themselves. Those that could do nothing about it. Do you know what the word sin means? It means to miss the mark. How many of us in this room, let's really be honest, how many of us in this room have ever missed the mark? Okay, we need to pray for those who didn't put up their hand. There is only one person who has never missed the mark. His name was Jesus. Let's try that again, okay? Because we're all in the same boat, remember? All those that have never missed the mark, sorry, all those that have done something wrong in their life, Put up their hand right now. That's 100%. That's much better. Thank you for playing ball with me. Jesus came for every hand that went up. See, the hard part would have been if I turned around and said, all those that are still doing those things, put their hand up. (laughs) Everyone's hand stays down. This This is so important. I love the way Jesus puts this. See, to miss the mark, the, 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 the analogy that's being used here is an archer pulling back his bow and aiming for the bullseye. And he misses. That's what it means to miss the mark. That's what it means to sin. And when we don't hit the mark, when we're not always hitting the bullseye, we miss the mark. And we fall short. We make mistakes. But Jesus, every time, he hits the bullseye. He stands in our place and he intercedes for you and I in our journey. Jesus uses this imagery of a physician. He says, it, was, it, it wasn't the healthy that need me. It's those who are sick that need me. See, if, if we've got a situation, I remember a few years back now, I was helping someone that was homeless get a doctor's appointment, and I was in the, host, in the doctor's surgery, and I was trying to get this homeless man an appointment with the doctor, and, and as the receptionist was, was, was trying to get these details for this homeless person, she looked at me and she said, uh, have you ever had this looked at? And I said, no, no, I'm, 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 here, I'm, I'm not here for me, I'm here for this person. And they said, look, you need to go home, you need to take a photograph, and we, we, we need to have a look at what's going on. So I went home, took a photograph of it, sent it in, and within two weeks, 
two weeks, two months, can't remember. They, they took, I thought it was going to be a tiny little round mark about the size of my fingernail. And then when they did the operation, there was a scar that size right the way down my face here where they took away a cancer. It's shocking because it's, it was treatable. It was treatable when it first came. And had I known what it was, I could have got it treated so simply. But I left it and left it for four years. It just, I thought it was just a mark. I thought, oh, it may go. But for four years, I carried that cancer, not knowing what it was. And then what could have been a simple operation ended up being like action man on my face. That's how my children described it. Dad, we got a real life action man. But do you know what? A treatable cancer, if you see, seek help from a doctor, they can treat it and they can make interventions to bring a cure and a, health, and a healthy outcome. But it's the same way for a sinner whose desperate need is salvation. If they come to Jesus through faith and repentance, he takes away that, that sin or that that cancer, that thing that's eaten away on the inside of us, he can take that away. Whereas we can't do anything about it, we just let it fester on. Only Jesus is the solution for our sin. In John 8, it says this, Therefore I say to you, that you will die in your sins, if you do not believe that I am he. What a statement. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore I, said to you, I, I, uh, therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. What a great statement. Do you believe he is who he says he is? Do you believe? Is he just someone from the past? Is he just someone in history? Is he just someone that your mother taught you when you grew up and and you have a religious experience? Or do you know Jesus who forgives you of your sin and gives you not just another chance or a second chance, but a chance after chance after repentance after repentance after repentance. He gives us more and more opportunities to keep coming back to him and saying, I'm sorry, I've blown it, I've made a mistake, but I know that you love me because you gave yourself for me. This is the Jesus in whom we believe. Listen to what Peter said in Acts Chapter 4, verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name in heaven among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So the ransom's been paid, and by grace he's given us that first step to come back to him in repentance. I believe Jesus is requiring a further step in our life because Jesus is inviting us into a deeper relationship with him, every one of us. So lastly, this morning, I want to look at this one. Jesus came to give eternal life with him in heaven. Why do I pause? Because we will all have eternal life. You were created to live forever. You're Physical being will die and go into the ground unless, he, unless Jesus comes back. 
But your spirit will live forever. We were created with the spirit, with the spirit being the person on the inside, not the person on the outside. This is just the tent in which we live on this earth. Just like when you go, not when you go to the moon, if you were to go to the moon, you would have to wear a space suit. We live on the earth and therefore we live in a earth suit. If you went to Mars, you'd still be wearing a spacesuit, all right? Let me, let me just help you in that. If you go in the water, what do you wear? A wetsuit. This is, I'm, I'm teaching you everything here that you'd ever want to know. So there's the wetsuit in the water, there's the earth suit on the earth, and then there's a spacesuit when you go into space. It's amazing, isn't it? This earth suit will give way and die one day. But your spiritual person will live forever. You will live forever, ever, whether you know Jesus or whether you don't. Your spirit will live in one or two places. It will live with God in heaven or separated from God in eternal loss. Because there's children in the room, I'm being very kind. This is how important it is to train up your children. To be in the house of God. To have an ever-deepening relationship with him. So that our kids will grow up in a very carnal, ungodly world. And they will know him because eternal life will come by connecting with God in their life. Listen to this. This is the most famous passage in the Bible. I'm going to read it. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. But through his love they would come to know him. Jesus wants you to know him. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him. This isn't about religion. This is about an incredible relationship that can change your life, empower you in your journey moving forward. Jesus came that we may have life and life more abundantly. That we would have a knowledge of him here on this earth and that we will be with him in eternity in heaven. Why did Jesus come? I believe Jesus tells us, very clearly. Three things. And I could have given you loads more. Short message this morning. He came to give his life as a ransom for sin. He came to call sinners to repentance. And he came to give eternal life with him forever. Those who would believe. So Easter allows us to understand the purpose for which he came. His living, his dying, his being raised from the dead can fill our hearts with a joy that's inexpressible and full of glory. Because my Redeemer lives. Job said that in the middle of such a difficult moment. For I know, for I know my Redeemer lives. Can that be the declaration of your heart this morning? That I know my Redeemer, the one who bought me, purchased me, gave his life for me. For I 
know my Redeemer lives. What a great statement that is. I want to finish with one last statement that was the Apostle Paul's. Can we echo in our heart this morning what Paul said? I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. See, if you don't know Jesus here in this room this morning, that may be the cry of your heart. Paul said, I want to know Christ. I want to know Jesus and I want to know the power of his resurrection. Do you want to know him more? Every Christian in this room, every non-believer in this room, do you want to know him more? See, that's got to be the heart cry of our life. That I may know him. That I may know the power of his resurrection. Because that power, Jesus, uh, I think it's in Corinthians, maybe Romans, it, it says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, now, if the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you, he will quicken your mortal body. I wonder how many of us in this room need a quickening in our mortal body. Maybe we feel a few aches and pains and creaks. Maybe we're going through some, um, some health issues in our life that the doctor has turned around and said, you will be like this for the rest of your life. But the Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. There is a quickening from God that can, can just, in, a, in an instant, just change circumstances in our life. In an instant, change the destiny of a person's life. But you know what? We all just need to be willing. Not my will, but yours be done. And this morning, that's the cry of my heart. Oh, that I would know you. And the power of your resurrection. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer this morning. And I just trust if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or you've known of him but you've never committed to him. This is a great morning. Because Jesus has spoken for himself through the word. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray and repeat after me. Nice and clear, nice and loud. I'm going to ask everybody to join in. And after this prayer, I'm going to ask if there's anybody today on Resurrection Sunday that you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand and pop it back down. I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but you need to have a faith response to God today. So let's pray this nice and loud, praying it together. Jesus, on this Easter Sunday, the things that I've heard that you've done for me, I want to receive you and have you in my life. I thank you that you died upon a cross for my sin to the, as the ransom price so that I could know you and walk with you and be free from my sin. So today, Jesus, come into my heart that I may begin a journey with you right now.
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye closed in this room. You may have never accepted Jesus, but today you prayed that sincerely. You may have encountered Jesus at some point in your life, but today you want to make that decision real. Or you may have backslid for a period of time in your life, but today you're saying, I'm coming back and I'm going to walk with him. Whatever that is today in your life, I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to ask you just to pop up your hand and pop it back down. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer this morning, just pop up your hand nice and high. Just nice and high. I see that hand there. Is there anybody else? You prayed that prayer and you say, yes, Jesus, I want you to come in to my life. I see your hands. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. I see your hand as well. Is there anybody else in this room you, you just want to commit? I'm going to count down from five in a second. Jesus loves you and he gave his life for you. Is there anybody else in this room? I'm going to count down from five. Five, four, three, two. I see that hand. One. Father, I thank you for every hand that went up in this room today. Lord, you know the four or five hands that have gone up. You know their journey. You know their heart. And I pray, Father, that you would just pour out your love and your grace upon their life. That they would know you and know the power of your resurrection. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.